Welcome back to The Brown Couch, episode 12. I'm Sarah. I'm Abby. I'm Anna. And we're bringing you true crime stories. Once again. Yep. (laughs) Uh, This week, Anna is going to be jumping in for the case for us. This case is... It's not really just a singular case. Oh. It's actually about a man named Israel Keys who was a serial killer in the United States during we like during officials think around either the like late 90s or early 2000s until about 2012. Oh shit. That's like recent. Yeah. Yeah. I've never heard of this guy. And you'll find out why here pretty soon. There's actually an explanation to that, which is, like, kind of interesting. So, I just wanted to give a quick trigger warning before we get into the case. It does involve sexual assault and violent deaths. So, if that's something that may make you uncomfortable or something that you don't want to hear, um, I'm sure we'll have something a little bit more suitable next time around. And we'll see you later. I'm going to start with the case that... I'm going to start with his last case. I'm going to start with where we ended. Okay. Kind of go from the... And to the beginning, reverse. Mm-hmm. Um, so on February 1st of 2012, a 18, an 18-year-old girl named Samantha Koning um, was working at a small little coffee stand in Alaska, in Anchorage, Alaska. Mm-hmm. And it was a one of those little, like, coffee stands where there's, like, just enough room for, like, the coffee stuff and, like, one employee. It's, like, one of those little okay. stands where you can just, like, drive up and grab one and, like, drive up. Hold up. This was 2012? Yeah. I was in Alaska in 2012. <gasps> Crazy. Wait, I don't know. What, what month? Do you know, like, when, what time of year? It was, like, summer. Okay, so, so it was after. Okay. But that's still scary. That's weird. Anyways, so Samantha Koning was working her job at the little coffee shop, and it was called Common Grounds, which I think is kind of cute. Oh, that is cute. Wait, um, there's this place in Chicago called Uncommon Ground. Which is cute. Oh my god. <laughs> That's funny. Um, and she was actually being picked up by her boyfriend once she was done with work because mm-hmm. she didn't have a car of her own. Um, and so when he drove up to come pick Samantha up, like all the lights were off in the in the little hut and no one was there. And he got a text from Samantha that said, I'm staying with friends for a few days, tell my dad. And this was like super unlike her. This was not something that she would just do. Like, yeah, she feels, wouldn't just take off. That feels sus already. Yeah. She, like, had plans. Like, her boyfriend was picking her mm-hmm. up. Like, she was going to go home. Um, so her boyfriend immediately went to the cops. And they ended up being able to get surveillance video from the coffee stand. The video surveillance that they were able to get from the police in the coffee stand showed Samantha getting coffee for a customer late at night. And she was startled by something and, like, put her hands up. Like, she was surrendering. Um, Probably like a gun or something, dude. And then she, yeah, right? And then she turns the lights off and takes some money from the register and hands it to the customer. And then she sits down on the floor, like, of the Mm -hmm. shop. And then the guy was wearing a ski mask and he actually climbed in through the window into the stand with Samantha. And after a minute they walk out of the stand and then disappear off, like, the screen, off the video surveillance. Shit. So the FBI is actually called in to help investigate, and it was 
two and a half weeks before there was a break in the case. Oh my god. So she like there was they literally there was no trace. Like Samantha had no enemies. She like didn't have there was no one. Like this was just totally out Mm -hmm. of the blue. And um Samantha's boyfriend actually got a text from Samantha's phone that said, Connor Park, sign under pick of Albert. Ain't she pretty? What? Oh god, that does not give me a good feeling. And so wait, wait, can you read that one more time? Yeah. Connor Park, sign under pick of Albert, ain't she pretty? Oh my god. Like purdy. Yeah, that's terrifying. That's so like ominous. Right, because like what does that mean? That's like it doesn't give me a good feeling. Right. Uh So the police and boyfriend rushed to the park, Connor Park. Mm -hmm. And pinned to the bulletin board at the park was a Ziploc bag. And in it was a ransom note and a picture of Samantha with that day's paper. So that, like, they knew that it was real? Yeah. And I'm actually going to show you guys the picture right now. So her, basically her abductor was the one that took this photo of her? Yeah. Oh, my God. So. She, she looks dead. She just looks unwell. Yeah. She yeah. just looks like she's being, like, tortured. That's so scary. She looks like just, Yeah. And that's, like, that day's paper from, like, the day he sent the text. That's terrifying. Um, so, just keep that picture in mind. And so, there was a ransom note, and the ransom note demanded $30,000 be deposited into Samantha's bank account. So, whoever this was, was planning to, like, take her money, obviously. And the family and the FBI actually were able to come up with the money and made a deal with the bank to be notified as soon as someone tried to use it. So the second Samantha's card was tried, like, able to be used anywhere, they were, like, notified, like, where it was. And so they were going to, like, send a police officer or whoever to go to where the money was being drawn from. Um. So, actually, days went by before anybody tried to use the money, but finally, an ATM withdrawal came through from the account in Anchorage, Alaska. Idiots. <laughs> For real. And there shit. were three withdrawals each day, taking out $500. Then, so fast forward, like, months. They don't know, like, what's going on, like, how what's happening, March 7th of 2012, so, like, this is, like, a month after all this happened, Mm -hmm. Samantha's card is used in Wilcox, Arizona, and then in Lordsburg, New Mexico, and then in Humboldt, Texas, and then in Shepherd, Texas. So, it's being used over the span of a few days, like, all across Mm -hmm. the southern United States. Exactly. From Alaska. Yeah. So investigators get surveillance from these ATMs and the person was always wearing a ski mask, but they noticed that there was always a white Ford focus in the background of the Mm. video. So they put out it. So the the most recent pins that were used were in Texas. So they put out an APB in Texas for a white Ford focus. Okay. And thank goodness for Texas Highway Patrolmen that read their notifications. A highway patrol officer pulled over the make and model of the car because he, like, made a traffic violation of some kind and pulled him over. And it was him? He asked the driver for his license, and the driver handed the officer an Alaska license. 
with the name Israel Keys. So he does a search of the vehicle and he finds clothing matching the ATM videos, a gun, and Samantha's debit card and cell phone. But no Samantha. Bruh. Oh my god. So he has like everything to be like arrested. So he was arrested and taken to the police station. And obviously, um, the police in Alaska were called and they started to investigate Israel Keys and who this man was because he's never like come up on any crime before. Like he's never had an infraction of any kind. They had no idea who he was. Shit. Um, Israel told the investigators, no one in my life really knows me. No one would ever suspect me. I can be both people, a killer and a normal neighbor and family man. That's creepy. That's so scary. And what's crazy is that he actually had a long-term girlfriend and a young daughter in Alaska, but they had mm. no idea about him Holy being any kind shit. of killer That's or anything terrifying. like that. You can't trust anybody. No. no. I'm so afraid of like my partner like ending up Exactly. Like, you That's never so know. scary. It's you don't so know terrifying. anybody. You and don't know anybody. Normal. It's crazy. Um, Israel told the police not to expect Samantha home, and he said she's already dead, and she's been dead almost no. the entire time I've had her. So what was that picture? Just wait. Just wait. Was she dead in that picture? Just wait. <gasps> When, so, Israel was just, like, so weird. Like, his victims were not, like, like, anybody specific. They were just totally at random. So, when he decided to kill somebody, like, it didn't matter who it was. He didn't even know Samantha. He had never stalked her. He had never, Mm -hmm. like, been to the coffee stand. Like, anything like that. That's terrifying. And he just, like, decided that the coffee stand would make a good abduction place. And, like, that was his reasoning. And so after he ordered, he actually, like, explained what happened in that surveillance video to investigators. And he was, like, actually weirdly cooperative for a lot of the time because they knew that he was, like, at fault for it. So he just cooperated. And after he ordered, so in the video, after he ordered his coffee, Samantha turned to give it to him and he pulled a gun on her and forced himself inside the stand. So he saw all that. Israel had tied her hands with zip ties, and when they left the stand, he planned to take her away in her own car, but he didn't realize that she didn't have her own car. Shit. So, Samantha tried to run, and she actually broke free for a minute and, like, yelled for help, but Israel was too quick. He tackled her and put her into his car. That's so sad. Um, Israel told Samantha that he just wanted money and that if she cooperated, she would be fine, and that, like was obviously never his real plan. His plan was always to kill her. He was just lying to her to get her to, like, cooperate with him. Mm -hmm. Um, And he went... He So what's weird is that he wanted her cell phone so that he could, like, contact the authorities or or her family to get the ransom money, right? Um, But he also wanted her debit card so he could access that Mm -hmm. money. Her debit card was in her boyfriend's truck. Shit. He forced her to give her home address to him he drove to the address and her boyfriend's truck was like sitting on the driveway and he broke into the truck and took the card and right when he was like getting the card the boyfriend came out and like started yelling at him and then he went back to the house to get help but by the time he came back from the house 
he was gone. Jesus. So, like, he literally saw Israel. So, when Israel got back to where he was keeping her, which was in a shed on his own property, like, mm-hmm. in the back of his house, um, he sexually assaulted Samantha and then killed her. And then, right after that, he went back to his wife and daughter, and they actually went on a family cruise for two weeks. Oh, my God. Which was, like, planned. Like, that wasn't planned for, like, any particular reason. Like, remember I said he kills at random. Like, he totally was just, like, whenever. And so, he actually went on this family cruise for two weeks and left Samantha's body in the shed. Didn't start to snow? No, because the temperatures in Alaska, this was February. Oh, my God. It kept the body perfectly frozen. Then, when Israel got back from the cruise, he put together the picture and the ransom note. Mm -hmm. Because remember I said there was like a two-week span where they didn't have any leads or anything. And when he got back, he put together the picture and the ransom note. And trigger warning, this is kind of gruesome. So just, if you're not, if you have a weak stomach. Um, Samantha was already dead in the picture. And he had actually used a needle and thread to sew her eyes open. Oh, my God. I, I knew it. Looks, I said she looks dead. Yeah, she looks not... Her, like, lips look cold. Her, mm-hmm. like... Jeez. So, after the picture and the ransom note were put together, he had no need for her body. So, he dismembered her and drove to a lake and, like, put her body into the lake. Um, police ended up recovering her body, like, he told her where she was, um, Israel told the police where Samantha was, and they recovered her body piece by piece from the lake. Um, Israel told police that Samantha was just the latest in a long killing spree, and he didn't want to live caged up in prison, so he made a deal with the police. He wanted to be executed within a year, and he also wanted didn't want his story to be sensationalized in the media or, like, anything like that. So that's why, you've never really heard of this, okay. he didn't want his story to be sensationalized in the media, and that was, like, a deal so that he, he made. So he wasn't doing it to be known, he was no. just doing it to, why like, fulfill his like... To feel his weird-ass urges. Like, this dude was sick. He was sick. I feel like he knew he was sick, too. Yeah, exactly. Just And there's actually some, like, gross. more stuff, like, along those lines that... We'll get to in a minute, but um, he worried about his daughter hearing about what he had done, and that's part of why he wanted to keep it out of the media, Mm. too, was because he didn't want his daughter to, like, know that her father had done all these horrible things. Then maybe you shouldn't have done all those horrible things. Right. Um, And he's quoted saying, you will only know if I killed people if I tell you I killed them. All of my victims are just missing persons, and you would never think to connect me to them. No, that makes me so sad. Like, it's so, like, he, like apparently he kept track of, like, missing persons, and, like, all the people he's killed were still just missing persons. Like, there's yeah. people that, like, still are probably, like, have a missing person, like, mm-hmm. in their life that may have been, like, one exactly. of his so he traveled traveled all the time like mostly just in the u.s a little bit outside but mostly Mm. in the u.s and he didn't kill every time he took a trip but he was a meticulous planner like he was super like detailed and he would sometimes make a trip just to prepare to kill someone so he actually hid buckets underground in certain areas of the u.s all over like literally like all over the country and they would usually include a weapon, like a gun or a knife, 
restraints and cash. Jeez, what the fuck? And he would leave them there for the next time he came and took a trip to that area. Mm-hmm. So he would like plan, like he wouldn't even just like go. That's like crazy. he would, yeah. It's just he was super like meticulous. Premeditated as fuck. Yeah. So, like, he didn't have any rhyme or reason. Like, it never mattered, like, who it was either. Like, male, female, no regard for age or race. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, there was no pattern to his killing. Like, he just picked random people. And he also sexually assaulted all of his victims. And, again, it didn't matter who. Male, female, age, race, anything. Like, in interviews with, like, investigators, he said that talking about his own sexual acts made him uncomfortable, and he wouldn't talk about it, like, at all. Like, he would not talk about the sexual acts that he committed to these people because he was, like, embarrassed and, like, uncomfortable. With- he should That's be embarrassed. It was the idea of these details getting to the public that made him not want to talk about his other crimes. Like, it, he didn't want the details of, like, everything else coming mm-hmm. out because he wanted to protect himself. They don't want... He doesn't fucking want people selfish. knowing he's a fucking weirdo. Right. Police told him that they literally just wanted to know, where did you abduct them, where did you kill them, and where can we find their remains now? Because their family's grieving over these people mm-hmm. and, like, praying they're coming, that they'll come home. That's the worst. And, dude. like, it's... Yeah. So they actually did find out one other... Um, case for sure that happened and was his fault and it was Bill and Lorraine and they lived in Vermont Um, they both didn't show up to work one day and Bill's sister checked their house their car was missing everything was quiet the front door was locked but there was one broken window in the garage police um, went to investigate but there was no evidence of any crime and the case went cold until the FBI called them with information from Israel And so Israel told the FBI about an abandoned barn, which was a few miles from Bill and Lorraine's house. And that's where he took them that night. And, like, he told them to go search it. But when they went to search it, it had been demolished. What? what? Yep. The Brit, like, the, apparently the barn, like, whoever owned the property Mm -hmm. decided to demolish the barn. And, like, nobody thought twice about it. He even, the police, or the police even, like, interviewed the people that destroyed the barn, like, the company, the workmen that did it, mm-hmm. and they said that it smelled really, really bad in there, but they didn't think anything. They were just like, let's just get rid of it, so they did. Well, they said it smelled like decomposition. Uh, which, you would like, think, like, duh. you should check that out. Right. They or said, call somebody. They said instead of calling the police, they just decided, meh, we'll just take down the barn. What the fuck? Right? Um, and Israel even told them that he buried one of his, like, kill buckets or whatever two miles from their house two years before the murders took place. Jeez. So, like, but, like, he didn't plan that he was going to kill these two people specifically. He just knew it was going to be, like, in this area. Right. It's just so weird. In interviews with the police, Israel dropped hints about at least eight other murders that he did. And the theory is that he is one of the most prolific serial killers the U.S. has ever seen. Because, like, this dude knew how to kill and get away with it. And, like, it was just crazy. this dude. Right? In December of 2012, Israel was found dead in his prison cell. He took his own life and left behind a four-page note that, like, didn't give any answers 
about Fuck any him. of his crimes. It was just him rambling about like murder and stuff. Like it was just completely stupid. I want to fucking punch this dude in and the I'm, face. And I'm, I'm pretty he's sure dead. you can find the whole like note online somewhere, but there was just one section of it that I wanted to like that is just awful. It says, "I looked into your eyes." They were so dark, warm, and trusting, as though you had not a worry or care. The more guileness the game, the better potential to fill up those pools with your fear. Your face framed in dark curls like a portrait. The sun shone through highlights of red. What color, I wonder, and how straight it will turn, plastered back with the sweat of your blood. That seems like... And that was in, like, his suicide note. Like, that was just, like... What does that even mean? What does that mean? Like, it just... Like, he's trying to be poetic. Ex- yeah. Exactly. I feel it like... It just... It's eerie. I feel uh, like he's, like, trying to, like, refer to one of his victims. Exactly. That's really creepy and disgusting. So, even after he died, police and investigators, the FBI, they tried to continue, like, the investigation, trying to figure out maybe who else he... Like, what other cases he could be responsible for, what other missing persons he could be responsible for. And they actually tracked his his movements and his travel records starting in 1997. So he could have been killing as early as that. And he was apprehended in 2012. So how old was this dude? He was 34 when he died. And he was a Capricorn, by the way. Fucking Capricorns. But also he was just crazy. Crazy got nothing to do with astrology. Right. Um, But most of his victims are still classified as, like... Missing's per- missing persons, they're assuming, like, the FBI investigators. Like, they just don't know, like... That makes me so sad. It's, yeah. And... I feel bad for all those people that didn't get justice. No, literally. Exactly. Because of this fucker. And, um, one of the other confessions that I thought was, like, super interesting because, like, just how did he get away with this? Mm-hmm. Like, how is this even possible? Was that he, like, confessed that he set up a body one one time so that it would look like an accident if it was ever found. So instead of, like, dis- like getting rid of it somehow, he literally Shit. left it somewhere and oh positioned God. it so it would look like an accident and if it was found. found it? And it was found, and he actually followed the case, like, through the media, like, when it was going on, and they did rule it an accident. So one of the one of the killings that he was responsible for was ruled an accident. Did they ever accident. find out who it was? No. No. Bruh, this dude fucking pisses me off. Dude, if only he hadn't... If he had not gotten pulled over at that traffic stop that I day. I know. Well, it's because the, like, police actually did their job for once. No, literally. And put out an APB and said, hey, anybody that sees this car... But, again, like, that's probably why this guy isn't really that heard of is because most of his cases, like, haven't been, have solved, been solved and, like, have, like, don't have answers... And because he wanted his case, like, he wanted himself to be quiet in the media. Well, fuck what he wants. Exactly. But he probably, they probably signed some agreement with him or something. I feel bad for his daughter and his I know. Wife. Yeah. I know. But, yeah, that's the case of Israel Keys, the serial killer. I'm sad. I feel sad for the, all those people. It's just, yeah. there's no telling, like, how many victims he had in total. It's crazy that... And they also only ever found two of those, like, kill bucket things. Dude, like, fuck this dude. Like, if you're gonna be doing these, like, heinous, horrible things, at least give the families, like, some justice and some closure. Right. 
He just had to have one more thing over them. Like, bruh, you already took away someone that they loved deeply. Well, he wanted his own dignity, which, yeah. like, at that point, you don't deserve dignity. No, it's... No. No. So. Anyways, thanks for tuning in. Thank you, Anna. Yeah. And we will see you next week with... Another a case from, from Abby. Abby. Yeah. Which I've yet to pick. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.